The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Well, a lot of people are looking into uh, adding a little spice to their relationship. Some turning to sexting, but is it a good thing? A new study out of the University of Alberta sheds some light on sexting as sexual spice. It turns out it could do more damage than good. We're joined by the lead author of the study and family scientist in the Department of Human Ecology at the University of Alberta, Adam Gallivan. Adam, welcome to the show. Good to be with you. So Adam, I have to ask before we get into the results of your study, um, what was the purpose of the study? Was there a question to be answered in your mind? So we've been doing a, a larger project looking at couple relationships more generally. And so this is just a piece of that, but we were curious just in general how changing technology is affecting people's lives and their relationships, and that led to this uh, study. And just for a matter of clarification, those individuals in the study, were they all sexters, or was it a general uh, random population? So this this, uh, data comes from nationally representative data across the United States and Canada. And so it's people of all different backgrounds, ages, race, ethnicity, and education. So it's more of a general population. And then we would just look at differences between those that were sexting more regularly as well as those that were not. All right. So break it down a little bit for us uh, into the good and the bad for those who uh, sex their partners frequently. Let's talk about um, the good side of it. What did you find? So we, we do have, as you might expect, those that are sexting more often do see an increase in sexual satisfaction. So they do see maybe a short-term benefit to that as they're trying to spice up their love life. They do see that, certainly. And the bad side? And the bad side, if you look across then the other factors in their relationships besides sexual satisfaction, it seems that they, the outcomes aren't as good. You see a lot more conflict more uh, ambivalence about their relationship they're feeling less secure less committed uh, those sort of things wow there's a whole lot in both of those dare i ask at 309 uh, on a weekday on am radio how did you define sexual satisfaction so it's a standardized measure it it includes questions that they're just kind of generally where they evaluate how um their relationship is one question is i'm very satisfied with the way my sexual needs are currently being met my sexual relationship is very good compared to most and then they rated that on a scale Hmm, okay on on the bad side um talking about some of those um you know maybe unsavory aspects of the the sexting that comes along with doing it did you you found a connection to pornography usage and infidelity as well yeah we as might be expected, perhaps, those that are sexting more regularly also reported that they viewed pornography more often, as well as there's a, a new scale that my colleagues have developed that looks at what they call social media-related mm-hmm. fidelity behavior. So it's things like 
um, chatting with an old partner online or those sorts of things. And so there's those that are sexting more often are also doing some of those types of things online. Well, that's interesting. That's, I, I see what you're saying. So that's really interesting because you would, I guess what you're saying is those more comfortable with the technology want to utilize the technology to its fullest. Yeah, and we did so, see also general media use across all technologies that was higher in those that are sending these text messages more often as well. Hmm. You, you've said that sexting doesn't seem to be a feature of a healthy relationship. Did you, did you find any um, instances where it was involved in a healthy relationship? So this is looking at kind of trends across all 600 couples, and so we don't get into specific individual instances in oh, those okay. cases. And so it's more just seeing those that are generally sexting have lower rates of um, general commitment and those sort of things. And again, these 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 couples, um, they were all in a in a in a relationship of some point. This isn't just people who are sexting random things. It was to a partner, right? Yeah, that was kind of the interesting question because we we see in the you know the media all the time reports about people that are sexting random people or worries about teenagers sexting each other. But the question really here was, well, if you're in a committed relationship with somebody. All these people have been in relationships on average about 18 and a half years. Wow. Um, is there any harm to it if it's with your partner? And it seems that there might be. Yeah, even after 18 years, isn't that wow. something else? So I don't know that you asked this specific question or that you looked at it, but I'm thinking about, you mentioned earlier, the tie to pornography, for example. And I know that this was not the basis of your study or the focus of your study as to what too much pornography does to uh, a relationship but i'm curious we we know anecdotally that those people i suppose anecdotally i don't know that there's been a study those people who are addicted to pornography that it does hurt the relationship is there that same sort of correlation where perhaps texting your partner uh, back and forth uh, discussing fantasies that are not realistic also has a negative impact yeah, I see, certainly could see that there could be some unrealistic expectations, and that might also tie in with the pornography and expecting certain things that are really kind of beyond what is possible. <laughs> yeah. see that. Adam Gallivan, the lead author of this study on, on sexting, um, joins us on the phone this afternoon. He's a family scientist in the Department of Human Ecology at the University of Alberta. You talk about technology interference with frequent sexters. What, what is that and when, what impact does it have on a, on a relationship, Adam? Yeah, so there's been some other research I've done and colleagues have done that look at this idea. They, we call it technoference. Uh, short for technology interference, and we've looked at cases where people report how often their partner is sending text messages or checking emails, checking their phone during face-to-face -face interactions. The idea being that you're taking away this time that you're sharing together and devoting it to your device. And, and those that were sexting also reported more technology interference. And so taken together, all of this kind of suggests that Maybe in today's world, people are trying to, you know, with the ease of technology, make, take an easy path, a shortcut to good relationships. And, and maybe that shortcut's not working. There might be some other hmm. things more traditional. Sit down, have a conversation, 
go on a date, spend some time together. Instant well, gratification yeah. instead of maybe working at it a little bit more. Yeah. You're sort of identifying two problems there, though, if I'm hearing you correctly. One problem is that uh, those individuals who are heavily into sexting are also into, you know, checking their device for emails and Facebook posts and Twitter retweets and because the that phone has become a central part of who they are. Um, and then the other problem, the one that you just mentioned again, that perhaps you're not developing a full relationship because it's all being filtered through a phone. Yeah, that, that phone could be pulling them away from other things that they could be doing to enrich their relationship. So, you know, what I'm most curious about, because, and that's why I asked off the top of the uh, conversation with you, is if you only interviewed those individuals who were sexters to get your results, or if it was a random general population. You said a cross-section of um, people. So, of the of the total population, how many were sexters? So, we... This is nationally representative data, except it, it does have a, an oversample of same-sex partners. Okay. And we did find that they had a slightly higher instance of sexting. But in general, our kind of two higher sexting categories, the um, hypersexters and frequent sexters, uh, they were 55 and 8.5%, so that's about 15% or so. <laughs> Oh, do you know, uh, this is just a weird question, but I'm kind of curious about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that this did not come up or was not asked in your survey. But the most frustrating thing for me when it comes to communicating by text, and I'm not talking sexting, I'm just talking texting, is I often cannot focus on the message because I can't tolerate the grammar or spelling mistakes. <laughs> uh, did it happen? To, did you happen to take a look at whether or not people who spell and and grammatically present their ideas more efficiently than others have greater satisfaction? <laughs> that would be a, a really interesting question. <laughs> no, we didn't check on uh, syntax and <laughs> sentence construction and all that. Part two of the study. Yeah, part two. Um, Adam, what happens next with this? Is there a, is there a next level with, with this study? So some of the things, this is just kind of a snapshot study. And so, for example, we noted that people that sext more often are more insecure in their relationships. The question, though, is are they more insecure because they're sexting or is are they sexting because they're more insecure? So mm. we need to look at some more long-term over time studies to see if there is kind of that directionality that we're seeing in the results. Well, the other thing you'd have to look at, too, when you say that those who sexed more are more insecure as to whether or not there was an equal level of insecurity between both partners, though. If, do you see what I'm saying? If one, you, you know, if one partner participated but was less enthusiastic about it, that they might start to question the first partner for the reasons you mentioned, that, well, am I the only one they're sexting? Yeah, definitely, and that's, that's another realm. We have data from both partners, but this study just looked at data from one of the partners. Ah, okay. okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because I'm wondering as well, when it comes to it, if, if one one person is doing the majority, how, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, be interesting conversation, Dr. Gala, and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. Take care now. All right. We had a text come in and say, hey, is, uh, is this study about chronic sexting? No. No. Not at all. No, it was just, uh, it was, first of all, the... 
the general population was included those who did sex, didn't sex, but among those who answered yes, they sex, it was not sex, it was not necessarily chronic users at all. No. So there's that. Mm-hmm. I dared, no, I'm not even going to ask. It's 3.20 on the 6.30 afternoon news. <laughs> you want to talk about that uh, that darn pool downtown? I do, I do. I just sort of want to keep everybody up to speed on what's going on with it. So you heard this in the news, uh, what, weeks oh, ago? Oh, gosh, it was before Christmas. I think beginning of December we were talking about right, it. Right, so the pool outside City Hall, you know the waiting pool that is quite popular. The tw- it's 25 years old. It needs to be brought up to new standards, and that has to be done by November 30th, 2019. So that's just... Uh, these are standards. That, and that's true as well of all the private public schools within the province. So it's an Alberta thing. Uh, all pools meet, must meet a certain standard. The reason this one doesn't, um, that it puts a swimmer at risk of being trapped, or, or so I should say the risk uh, of a swimmer being trapped is 10 times higher than what it is, uh, what is now acceptable under the provincial law. Uh, so therefore, they have to do something, right? So and by the way, no one's ever drowned in that pool, just you know, just to give you a little background. So the original solution to the problem, which was perso- pr- uh, proposed by city staff, was to simply decrease the water depth yeah. to 15 centimeters. Then it was no longer a wading pool. It was an ankle pool, and it falls under different uh, um, ramifications, different uh, laws. Well, right? yeah, there's new yeah. standards, and they right. have to be put in place uh, by the end of next year. So I thought, because when the topic first came up, and there was a big pushback from the public saying, no, you got to save the pool, that they would probably do something different than they're doing. So here's what they've done. Uh, there was an executive committee meeting on Monday, yesterday, and councillors agreed to look at hiring 24-hour security to monitor the pool, uh, which is one of two measures that would allow the city to maintain the water level at its current depth, which is, by the way, 40 centimeters. And the other option is to put up a fence around the pool. Uh, can I just say right now to anybody at City Hall, any councillors, perhaps a mayor, anybody who's in a position to discuss this in council, that nobody wants a fence around the pool. No. So don't... Just, don't put don't the fence even, around the pool. Let's not spend any more time talking about that. The whole point is how beautiful, accessible this pool is, and putting a fence around it is absolutely idiotic. So I'm sorry to whatever councillor proposed that or it, whatever city management uh, person said that that was one of the options. That is not an option. We want the pool, I think, I speak on behalf of most Edmontonians, to look like it looks right now and to be as enjoyable as it is right now. And a fence absolutely ruins that. So if you're wondering, Iveson, our mayor, uh, Don Iveson, and councillors Ben Henderson and Tim Cartmel, who is, by the way, my counselor, they're in favor of that solution of lowering the depth. Mm-hmm. And they say, the mayor has said, he'd rather take the money that it would uh, take in order to change the pool to meet standards or to monitor the pool, uh, whatever. He'd rather put that into making the city's outdoor pools free to use. So he's saying this is one pool that not everybody enjoys. Um, We could take that same amount of money and make the pools free all summer long. That would benefit more people. And he suggests as well, the mayor does, that if you lowered the pool level to ankle depth, that he doesn't think he'll see any less users use it. People will still walk around in it. I I'm, I love the idea of free pools for everybody. I, I, I'm not going to argue against that. But this is just another of those... Listen, to me, this is going to be the city champion sign all over again. Because it's going to be one of those things that if you've lived here long enough, it's always been there. It's always been popular. People love it. 
and they don't want it changed. Well, but here's the thing. Something has to change because of, of provincial laws, because of some, some what they say are um, risks to swimmers, that it is now 10 times the flow rate at the current design mm-hmm. puts a swimmer at a risk of being trapped. It's 10 times higher than what is now acceptable is the reason under the provincial province, law. Right. That's uh, the why. That's the why. That's the reason right. why this is being looked at. So they have to look at something to make it because, for example, if something did happen, mm-hmm. boom, hello, lawsuit right there. For sure. Keeping in mind nothing ever has, but yes, yeah, you're well, right. You never you're know. Right. But there is a way to keep the water at the depth it's at now and still meet the standards of uh, the legislation from the province, but it's going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's going to cost, I think, half a million, something, 400000 something like that. So the decision you have to make is, would you rather keep the pool the way it is right now so that it's a waiting pool for kids and for the public and... What I don't want to oversell and pay it, the cost to do what you have to do. Pay the $400,000, or would you rather see that money go towards free swimming, or perhaps as a third option, neither? You'd like to see the water lowered to 15 centimeters, no free pools, and we save $400,000. I guess those are your three options. I'm only now speaking for myself, as I always am. I want them to spend it on the City Hall pool, and I'll tell you right now, not once have I been in the City Hall pool. Not once. I, but I love it, and I think it's a great feature of Edmonton. Hey, Ken, you have about a minute. What's on your mind? Well, I'd like to wade in on this with my opinion, which sure. is, uh, yeah, I agree with Andrew. Leave it as it is. Like, you know, um, I know people just got dumber in the last uh, <laughs> 25 years, and now people are starting to drown more in that much water or that because there's no way to block the drain so someone can't get sucked into it and held down. Because it's happened so often. Right, exactly. Great show again. All right, thanks for the phone call. Hey, David. <laughs> hi, hi, David. Dave, you hi, tr- David, you truly have one minute. I don't live in Edmonton, but it's not. It's the idiots in the provincial government and Alberta Health Services that are so busy babble wrap, bubble wrap everybody because that's what they need to do to make it look good for themselves. Nobody, to the best of my knowledge, has ever drowned in that pool. Nobody's ever slipped and smashed their head open and been comatose after that, that sort of thing. Leave things be. But if you don't have a choice, leave the pool as it is, because it's been so popular. And if that means you put up a temporary fence and then have to take it down every morning, do that. If it means you've got get, you've got to get volunteers from, you know, from an employment program type of thing, use that. But leave the pool there. You can't keep stopping people from doing dumb things <laughs> because you take a thousand others out that would never do that. Yep. And you're they're enjoying it. For God's sake, we've got enough sweating problems as it is. At least let people go down there and have fun without trying to bind them up in bubble wrap and duct tape. David, thanks for the phone call. Great to hear your voice. It's 327. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.